Duke can win with a three, send it to overtime. They, don't, they don't need timeouts. Plumley sets the pick. Rivers on his own. Yes, at the buzzer. The Blue Devils win. 85-84. Okay, here we go. UNC, this is Duke Carolina Leap, and this is the Five Point Play Podcast, the official diehard Duke fans podcast. AC, the table is set. By the time this game tips off, Duke will be the new number one team in the country. I would assume Carolina moves up slightly, but everything is set for an epic Duke Carolina matchup the first of the season. What else can I say but go to hell, Carolina, go to hell. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Here we go, man. I can't wait. I can't wait, man. I'm so excited for this week. This is like the best week in college basketball other than conference tournament week and and actual actual tournament week. You know what I mean? Like, I love the the first Carolina and Duke meeting, especially when the first one's at Duke. Like, I like senior at Duke is fun, but I I like when the first game we get to play all season against them is at home. Like, there's just something about that to me that just feels right. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't say this enough, but I am so pumped. For this podcast, we, we took care of business on Saturday. We are sitting on top of the ACC mm-hmm. at, uh, at 11 and 1. We're 23 and 2. Carolina's right behind us at 20 and 5 and 10 and 2. I mean, mm-hmm. This is setting it up for just an epic, epic battle between the. This is just the best rivalry in all sports. Uh, you know, it's oh, not yeah. college sports, it's not pros, it's all sports. I don't want to hear about the Yankees and the Red Sox. I don't want to hear about Ohio State, Michigan. It's yep. East Carolina, and we're eight miles apart. I I am pumped up. I don't know how I'm going to sleep this entire week, but we've got an <laughs> absolute packed podcast all about Duke UNC in this podcast, and we're going to kick it out right away with a Roy versus K comparison. And right off the bat, know, going big. Right off the bat, we got to start it right there. <laughs> and, and listen, listen, man. I got to be honest here, as much as I hate Roy, don't let his aw shucks personality mm-hmm. fool you. He's, he's a guy that wants to win. He clearly wants to win at all costs. Absolutely. Hashtag Roy knew. But aside, <laughs> from, aside from that, uh, Roy is an unbelievable coach. He's a Hall of Famer. He's uh, a guy that arguably is underappreciated in his own time, mostly because he's going up uh, against K eight <laughs> miles down the road, who's the GOAT. Right. Talk to us a little bit about the comparison in your eyes. I, like, quite honestly, I mean, they're it's they're both like kind of typical college coaches, Kay and Roy, in, in the terms of they both have a system that works. Like Roy, Roy's best teams, they, they kind of work off of that point guard that can go and get his on top of getting his. He can also help guys set up. Like, look, look, look at the guys that he's had. He had Kevin Pritchard in, in the late, late 80s, early 90s. That kid was, that guy was amazing. He was a great basketball player. You can score at will, and he got his teammates involved, you know, better, better than just about anybody Roy's had. Jacques Vaughn, I mean, that's a name that everybody knows from the early 90s or mid 90s, along with the, the Paul Pierce and Ray LaFrance teams. He had Kurt Heinrich, Ray, Ray Felton, Ty Lawson, Joel Berry, Kendall Marshall. Now he's got Kobe White. I mean, Roy, Roy's teams, his best teams have that guard that can just take over on offense. That's his system. Kind of like Kay's system is when he has the versatile guys who can kind of do a lot of things on the floor, who can play defense, get into passing lanes, and then on offense they can hit threes, get to the lane, all that type of thing. That's kind of his MO. I just, in my opinion, I feel like Kay has done it better 
when he doesn't necessarily have his exact fit than Roy has in the past. But you can't argue with a 78% winning percentage from Roy Williams. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with. So, and, and between 44 years of experience coaching and 31 years of experience, and Roy's already at 862. I mean, the, the guy, as you said, the guy is a, a, a really good coach. I hate, I hate to say that he is. I, I usually like to try to pick on him, but he is. I mean, he is. Uh, he, it is what it is. He he has a system that works for him. He gets the guys he needs, and when he has them, he has a dangerous team. And right now, they have a very dangerous team. Yeah, I think that for Roy Williams, and and I can't stand him. I think he's a phony. Uh, I think that <laughs> no, I'm serious. And I and oh, I, no, I, I, talk, I agree with I, you totally. I, I I've talked to people uh, within the uh, UNC athletic department in different uh, capacities that. You know, they have one opinion on Dean Smith, and they have a uh, much different opinion, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of Roy Williams. Putting that putting that part of aside, uh, my hatred for the guy as a basketball coach aside, he obviously gets it done. He is a system quarterback, though. You know, mm-hmm. if he has his guys uh, that fit his system, it's, it's, it's one of the best systems in the history of college basketball. Right. He he wins on an unparalleled clip when he has that, when he has the right personnel. Whereas Kay, and I think the reason that we've always loved him uh, is that he adapts to his personnel. Mm-hmm. He showed last year that he can win with two bigs. Right. He's shown many many times that he can win with no true big at all. Right. He's shown that he can win up tempo. He's shown that he can slow it down and still win. Mm-hmm. He's shown that he can win playing zone. He should, and, and, and he's a man-to-man guy. He came from uh, Bobby Knight. That is in the core of his coaching philosophy is that man-to-man defense. Mm-hmm. But he is not so hard-headed that he can't adapt if, if things aren't working out. Uh, he also doesn't mind calling timeouts. And sometimes <laughs> you do need to call a timeout. I don't... I'm, I think I'm Roy has the most you. reserved timeouts of all time, I believe, is the record that he had set last week. Do you like? Does he at the end of the year? Does he go cash those in somewhere for like some free barbecue? I think T-Mobile or, might give him some extra minutes, maybe some some unlimited texts or something if he has a few timeouts left over. I believe that's. I think that's the deal they have worked out. The well, the guy just. I mean, he doesn't. He's not a game manager, man. He's not like that's no. not. You get UNC into a last second shot type situation. It's. I hope one of your guys can make a play. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, you know, we're going to go through our uh, you know, top five in our minds uh, games uh, at Cameron uh, mm-hmm. in this series. And uh, when we go to Carolina, we'll give you our top five at Carolina. But, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, speaking about Roy and being a poor game manager is actually a game that is on my list. Uh, it's the 2015 game mm-hmm. where we came back and uh, he really – you know, we, we had a great comeback, don't get me wrong. That's why I saw my list of top five. But Roy really blew that game, and someone out there in, in Internet land came up with one of the most hilarious uh, videos just mocking Roy and not calling timeouts <laughs> each time Duke Grant went on a run. It's still one of my uh, favorite things, every Duke-UNC matchup to, to, put, to put that on. But to, to kind of wrap this one up, uh, gun to my head, it, it's not even close. I'm taking oh, K. No. All day long, just because, um, you know, not only what he's accomplished, and, and, and Roy isn't a very accomplished coach, but, you know, I feel like I can pick any five players and Kay will find a way to win. Whereas, you know, Correct. Roy's out there, unless he has his exact right pieces, I don't see him, you know, being as successful. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, that that's kind of how it goes. But it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of the thing that we we've talked about it offline a little bit. It's it's the thing that you get where you know Kay hasn't won a coach of the year in the ACC since the year two thousand, which is absurd. But you know, it, the the argument people come up with is, well, he gets so much talent. Well, that's a part of coaching, is it not? Is is part of college coaching not? Recruiting the guys that you need to come to your university well, to play yeah, hey, your brand of basketball. On, on, and like, on that note, though, Roy was known for his, you know, recruiting prowess. Oh, yeah. He's the oh, guy yeah. that you know stole Harrison Barnes in the last second. Well, he's I mean, it's not hard that, to sell. Not hard to sell your program when you all, all you have to tell them is, "Hey, class is optional. Yeah, <laughs> basketball class, is mandatory. Yeah, class, class, class is optional." Yes, pencils down. Uh, you know, I mean, th- that's the thing. It's like you know, everybody wants to. It, it is so hilarious to me in this in this. Uh, rivalry, how the fan bases uh, often, you know, fluctuate, you know, back and forth. You know, it was mm-hmm. that Roy, Roy could never, you know, Roy is just the best recruiter. He can't really coach. Well, now, you know, Kay can just, you know, play with whatever he wants because he's getting every single recruit. The reality is both of them are phenomenal recruiters. Mm-hmm. Right now, Kay's just on top of his game. And really, it's because he's adapted to the times. You know, I don't think it was much of the scandal, in my opinion, of why recruits weren't going to UNC. It was the way Roy was using the players that were there. Yeah. They saw yeah. that. You know, it, you know, Duke and UNC, since Roy's been there, it's a 19 to 14. You know, it's not like it's some kind of big margin. You mm-hmm. know, it's 19 to 14 in favor of K. Yeah. But, you know, K is always adaptive. You know, even when they had, you know, Ty Lawson... Uh, McCann, Ellington, Green, all those guys, Hansborough. Mm-hmm. You know, Kay was always, you know, able to, to to throw people out there that could at least compete. When Roy doesn't have those guys, he gets blown out. Yeah, especially and and it's it's interesting too. I mean, the the you think of the four blue blood programs, and you think you know Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, and Kansas. It's just so funny how how Kansas and Carolina have held on to that. You know, held on to the four year player motif whereas duke and kentucky have gone to the one and done and i mean quite honestly the guys who are leaving are the more talented players than the guys who are sticking around and that's just kind of what we've seen and as you mentioned it's like recruits see that they know that they talk about it on the trail we have stories from some of the guys we talked to about that very topic and they just they don't like the prospect of having to either come off the bench or the 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 selling of why don't you stick around for two or three years and and i can i can add some more skills to your tool belt for free basically you know what i mean so it's it's not a it, it's not a good selling point in the in the time of one and done players wanting to go to the blue blood programs like the, the guys who are one and done always have the same teams on their list it's kansas kentucky duke and carolina and then whoever else they add to it but th- those guys don't want to stick around they they know they know where their money is they know where they want to make hay and they don't want to have to stick around regardless of who the program is the the players are bigger than the programs right now in some regards and and that's what Roy has not been able to adapt to. Whereas Kay, the brotherhood, you know, the, the this new mantra of the brotherhood has made has not made the players bigger than the program. It's made the program a whole once again. It's just hey, you're you're gonna be here for a year, and and that's cool. We can we can deal with that. So it's it's like you said, adaptability. It's adapt. It comes down to adaptability. Kay Kay is the most adaptable coach probably in the history of college basketball, and that's why he's the greatest of all time. Yes, and you know, one final note on that recruiting point. Roy recruits the same guys. So don't sit back and tell me that, you know, as a UNC fan, this is one of their go-to lines that, you know, you know, Carolina is all about family. You know, we don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we don't play those guys. We don't, 
No, you look, you're just not landing them. You right. recruited every single one of the guys that are on our roster. You just, you just oh. didn't get any of them. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, yeah, and clearly, a great point about the brotherhood because that's really what it's about. You know, they, and you can call it corny or whatever. It doesn't matter because everybody's bought into it. Everybody's mm-hmm. bought in, and it is a real thing. You know, you have the Carolina family, all that garbage. Uh, <laughs> but it was a real thing that people bought into. The yep. brotherhood is the same exact thing. And you saw it. Saturday night, all those guys mm-hmm. that came back, you know, they want to be back there. So, you know, yep. we could talk about Roy versus K all uh, the entire podcast if we really wanted to, but let's get on to our, our second pillar, which are the top moments in this line where we, we picked the top five. We could have probably picked a hundred. Oh my God, um, man. It was so hard to pare this list down and, and then to, to, to pare it down because I, I tried to pare it down to games of Cameron just so I had some material for, for the for the game at Carolina coming up, so it was it was even harder to do that. Yeah, I, and I actually I hope that we have a couple more uh, to add to the list after mm-hmm. after Wednesday night. Give us give us your five from five to one uh, of your top moments in the Duke Carolina library. Number five is the the Plumley meetup at center court on Miles' senior night. That was a game that Duke lost, pretty big loss actually, unfortunately, but. It was it was really cool to have Marshall, Miles, and Mason all on the floor at the same time. And when Miles went out to the middle to to get his kind of final final applause from from the crazies and, and the crowd at Cameron before before they started the game, uh, Mason and, and Marshall trotted out to the middle with him, and they kind of shared an embrace, kind of had a little talk, and then you know looked over at their parents, gave them a wave, and it was just one of those really cool moments, man. It was. It was that was one of those ones where I like I watched it and I was like, man, that's you know the kind of the, the goosebumps on your arm kind of popped up. Wow, yeah. So my number five is very similar to that. It is the uh, Quinn Cook senior speech. Ah and, man. And he uh, pointed up to the rafters. You know, at the time we had four mm-hmm. banners up there, and he just pointed up there and said, "We're coming home with one." And that's a good uh, one. sure enough, he you know he made sure on that promise, and now he's a legend. So that's that a was good my one, number man. five. What what, what what that's what? one of those where what what a national championship did for his like legacy at Duke, you Seriously. know what I mean? Like, oh my God! Like he was he went from he went from kind of sort of vilified a little bit early on, just because he was a little discontented with his role and things. To okay, he's Quinn Cook, doesn't really add much to the team. To indispensable leader of the national championship team, like that guy, man, I love him so, so much. Yeah, talk about a story. Like if you're gonna pitch to a a, a recruit that you know sees himself as a really high level recruit. Mm-hmm. But his race is a little bit slower, or mm-hmm. it's a little rockier than others. You know, Nolan Smith was very similar. Yep. Uh, but to to point to that person, to that player, and go, look where look where he got to, mm-hmm. because you were right. People were writing him off completely. Oh, like, yeah. oh are, yeah. Are we better off with Quinn not even being around? Because we're not sure <laughs> yeah. what kind of leader. What I kind remember of leader fighting that be. battle a lot. Yeah. You know, like are we are we better off with him not around? You know, that was actually a conversation after mm-hmm. his junior year. And, you know, Kay and Quinn, and it's, it's uh, well known now that, you know, they had quite the heart to heart, you know, yeah. after his junior season, you know, what do you want to be? Do you mm-hmm. want to be anything? Do you want to like, And that, to me, that's why, you know, he made my list. Uh, what was your number four? Number four for me was, all right, in 04, and this, this actually, I, I want no spoilers, but anyway, no, 04, the Duhon Senior Night game. There was an incredible play right along the baseline, first half, where Duke was kind of going on a little run against Carolina. Great Carolina team back then, great Duke team back then. 
Um, Duke was going a little, or a little bit of a run, had to come back a little bit because Carolina got off to a quick start with Rashad McCants. Duhan got a rebound on the baseline, tiptoed the baseline, beautiful tiptoe, dribbled it up on the left side of the court, came up to about half court and threw this beautiful lob. I didn't know where I was going at first when I watched it. I was like, what the hell is Duhan doing? Tossed this incredible lob to Lil Ding for this. Oh, such an awesome slam, man. Ding slammed it. He was almost surprised, I think, that he got it because when he landed, he kind of had to gather himself and realize where he was on the court. They came back celebrating the crazies were nuts, man. That was such an awesome game. Yeah, that's well, my I, number four. Yeah, I was in Belgium at the time of this game, and I could only listen to this game on the Go Duke uh, website through like, the radio. Mm. So I couldn't watch it anywhere, and it was it was probably 2 or 3 a.m., I guess, over there mm-hmm. when I was doing my you know quote-unquote study abroad. Uh, I remember waking up the entire floor uh, listening to <laughs> the, the, the replay of that dunk. So um, that's that's a pretty good one. I went with uh, the next year, J.J. Uh, Reddick calling out the defensive play, uh, oh, calling out the offensive play for, for UNC mm-hmm. and completely blocking the camp from coming around and uh, the clock running out. And, and credit credit to the the timer uh, the timekeeper at Cameron for you know for letting that clock run a little bit. Let, let it run puppy. a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, just go ahead and let that thing let, let that puppy run out. But um, you know, so that was uh, one for me. Uh, I love the, the confidence that he oh, yeah. showed in JJ mm-hmm. to be able to like I know the play that they're going to run. Okay, yeah. cool. Right, what is? And, yeah, JJ you know, and Demarcus ran that to perfection, man. That was one of those things where like scouting and tape, like they really. They really were on on their game on that one with with the video because they knew exactly what that play was, man. All, like right off the bat. Yeah, so that was pretty awesome. All right, what's your number three? All right, let's go. Number three, top moments: the Jaleel Okafor drive around two UNC defenders in 2015 for oh, the nice man. little empty finish, and Jay Billis going nuts over the move. That was. That was one of those like, oh my god, man! I can't like that was it was a needed play. It was kind of Jod been slowing down a little bit towards the end of the season, not having some. Plus, he had that ankle injury at that time too. So it, it was yeah, like, it was during it was, game. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and and he just that was such an like for a big guy to have such a nimble move like that, man, coming around that little coming around a little shoehorn was just oh my god, that was amazing. Wow, yeah, no, I remember. Uh, you know, we talked about this last week. Uh, that you there are certain places that you remember where you were mm-hmm. for you know certain games, and unfortunately for me, I got the call that there was an extra ticket for that game. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, let let me get there. And so I'm in DC, I'm in DC, and I you know I'm on this text chain, and you know I get the call, hey, we got an extra one for you. I first have to clarify you're not fucking with me, right? You, like, <laughs> this is serious, you know? You know? I'm like, okay, well I'm. You know, it's, it's five o'clock in DC. The game's at nine. I can't drive there, so I'm looking up place. I find this flight at like six thirty or something like that. So I would get in around seven, seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time to get over to Cameron. The flight was like hundred and ten bucks. It was a no brainer. I immediately shut my computer, left the office. I wasn't going home. I just went right to, to <laughs> straight uh, to the Reagan, na- right, right, right to Reagan National, and I get there, and the fucking flight is a two hour delay. No, no. I I am really, you know, I gotta count my blessings that I was not arrested. I was. There were so many expletives. You can still hear it in my voice now. There's there were so many expletives, and then it turns out to be, you know, one of the greatest games of all time. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm just, you know, furious that I was. Oh there. man. 
but I digress. Uh, my number three, um, I'm moving over to Chapel Hill for this one, was uh, the Shane Battier uh, block on 4K. Mm. Then Jason Williams uh, three. It, it, to me, just was the perfect moment for that season and that team where, you know, Duke goes on the road to UNC. They had just lost Boozer. And Battier and and Jason Williams just said, nah, we're not we're not losing this thing. Hop on. And, you know, the, that that was the perfect moment for Shane Battier. You know, that block oh, with that's my absolute the favorite cold play. AC, the co ACC player of the yeah. year. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, because Joe Forte was just, just Battier that season. Rim, and then it, <laughs> yeah, and then immediately getting it down to Jason Williams and nailing a three. I just it, it, that to me, I remember going absolutely nuts during that because I was so pissed. That you know, Forte was getting all this credit. I never. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go down a rabbit. I never thought Forte was that good. No, I never did. Maybe it's because I grew up in, in DC and I saw him play in high school. I just thought he was completely overrated. I hated. I hated his form. I hated his shot. And I just. <laughs> I knew that Jason Williams was better. And somehow Forte was overshadowing Jason Williams. And so I was pissed. And you know, watching that whole sequence go down. It was like, these are the two best players in the ACC. During mm-hmm. the season, they just showed it. And so that was that was my number three. Yeah, no, that's, that's my absolute favorite favorite play in, in the history of Duke basketball. That one is, uh, that's, like you said, one of those you'll never forget where you are type moments. I, I, I just couldn't believe, you know, that, that chase down block. Was, I, I can't, you know, there's no point in talking about it. We know what it is. It's just that that play was incredible. And, you know, that cemented everything I needed to know about Shane Batty at that point in my life. And what, what a great pick. Yeah, what, right. do you got for, what do you got for number two? Number two is the Miles Dunk. Putting the nice you punctuation you mark on the 8250. What's that? <laughs> you love yourself some plumbies. I like You know, I do like some plumbies, man. The plumbies, they were, they were good to do, man. They were good to do. I just, I mean, if, they, if they can pop out a foreign plumbing brother... I'm all in. <laughs> Pair him yeah. up with the third Jones brother. Absolutely, I'm, I'm man. What Merton? What Merton Plumley would be his name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to stick with the M's. No, I mean also, I mean, this that that play was just so awesome. Nolan with the drive through, lobbing it up there to Miles. Kyle celebrating at the three point line with the arms outstretched. Man, that was that, that was so cool, man. Yeah, that's one of the more iconic images in the last you know ten years for mm-hmm. Duke basketball. It's just. You know, from from that angle, you know, just Kyle's outstretched arms, you know, mm-hmm. and Miles ten feet above the rim, you know, just flushing that thing off the uh, the Nolan Smith pass. That was just awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> ask a question. Riddle me this. Riddle me this, because this because this play kind of signifies how I how I feel about some of these games. I really prefer, like, I like close games and things. I prefer when we blow the doors and beat the brakes off of Carolina. I don't want close games with Carolina. I want to beat the hell out of them. And let them know that they are number two. Yeah, like, take, how, how do you feel about that? Uh, to take it one step further, uh, you know, it's often you know asked if Duke and Carolina met in like the Final Four mm-hmm. or heaven forbid the national championship. I, I don't think I don't think I could do it. I just don't think I could take it. Yeah, no. Nah. Like if we if we lost that game, it, like the the joy of winning that game wouldn't be anywhere close to the if we happen to lose that game. Yes. I, I, that, that, I'm just going to be honest with you. That might be it for your boy. Yeah. <laughs> might be it no, for your I boy. Agree, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I just canceled don't college think basketball I, after that, too. Like, there's I, no point yeah, in playing college that, basketball that, anymore. Yeah, that. I just don't. I don't think that uh, I could bear it. 
Um, I'm, it's just like, no, yeah, I would rather blow the doors off of Carolina every every mm-hmm. chance I can. Um, to be honest, though, when I look back on these games now, knowing the result, the games that I do watch are, you know, the second half of a couple of the games that are on my list of top games. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I haven't really gone back and watched the 8250. It's just a, it's a, it's a blowout. So, <laughs> I love I watching guess, that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I enjoy watching the highlights, and I'll always watch that, that clip that you mentioned as your number two. Because it's mm-hmm. an iconic moment. It's an iconic image it is, it is. For, for the Duke Carolina, especially for, for Duke, obviously. Uh, speaking, speaking of which, um, my number two was uh, Wojo Senior Knight running, pushing the fan out of the way, running to hug Coach K. It got, I, I be honest with you, it got a little dusty. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. In, in my in my in my parents' house, and I'm watching this growing up. Uh, <laughs> Somebody Wojo, was cutting some onions. Somebody, my, my mom, I, I I thought she had the maid come that day, but apparently she didn't. There was so much dust going around, and you know. Onion soup. I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on, but you know, Wojo was my guy. You know, he was a Baltimore kid. I was a Baltimore kid, yep. and uh, you know, he was just a feisty dude that like overachieved mm-hmm. uh, with you know what his God-given abilities were, and uh, he he was Coach K on the floor. You know, he was the guy that you know he was out there slapping the floor. You know, getting the crowd into it. You know, players hated going up against him. And if yep. anybody deserved that win on senior night, especially against a Carolina team that was vastly superior, you know, you know, Brand was out for you know a long stretch of that season. Mm-hmm. We had gotten the doors blown off of us at Carolina earlier yep. in the season, uh, being the number one team. Then we come back and get the number one, uh, the number one uh, title, uh, number one ranking again, and we're able to to come back at halftime. And be able to to beat them, and just the the, the image of Wojo running off the court and oh, yeah. having K is like that's just that's memorable to me. Absolutely, man. That's that's that iconic moment. There's this great video that uh, that Dave Bradley put together. Um, it's called Duke's Duke's X's and O's, and it kind of goes through. It, it's a lot of highlights and clips, not just like you know, not plays necessarily, but moments moments that duke's had just you know with each other with k the crazies and some plays on top of it it's just it's just great video it's one of my favorite videos ever that he's ever put together yeah, and many, and that times, that hug is in there you, and it's just uh how many times a season do you watch that video uh, eight ten twelve because you know yeah, what i do I, too before before my actual basketball season i have to coach starts i watch that video as well just to kind of get me into <laughs> get me into the mode after being off for the summer get me back into the mode of, of coaching and, and getting my team together. What I, the, the values I like to bring towards my team. Cause a lot of the things I do for my team are obviously kind of shaped by what I see with what K does. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, it's successful for him. Might as well try it. Right. Yeah. Hey, leading with the heart. Yes, I mean, sir. Maybe we could have, could have named our next podcast leading with the heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's one of the best uh, Dave Bradley videos uh, from Duke Blue Planet. The, mm-hmm. you know, the X's and O's for Duke, you know, passion, emotion, heart, yep. uh, relentless. I mean, it's one of my favorite videos ever. Um, yeah. I'll probably watch it again before the, the UNC game. Oh, yeah. Um, you got to, man. Yeah, I mean, you got to get yourself jacked up. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's that, that's no better way to do it than watching that video. I actually think I posted it um, on one of the Duke message boards. Uh, yeah, I think YouTube. you did recently, it might right? Have been, it might have been after the Louisville game. Just like, I'm so jacked up after that. So, um, <laughs> speaking of jacked up, I don't know what your number one is. I know what my number one is. 
I okay. want you to give your number one because you took my number one, is what you did. Well, you took my I, number I mean, one with the Wojo hug. Because well, I stayed okay, in camera. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so my number one is, yeah. and we started the podcast off with my mm-hmm. number one. It's the Austin <laughs> River shot. You know, I had a couple buddies at that game and a Carolina fans, and they were talking. We, we had no business winning that game. Oh, really? Zero no, no. business winning that game. No, we stole and, it. You know, that was one of those games where, you know, you've alluded to this in a, uh, a couple past podcasts where, like, or, or, you know, with the Louisville game, they never really were able to, to build on that lead. They never really right. just put the stamp on it and, and put us away. UNC kind of went us hand around. And mm-hmm. you, you give us a, you know, a puncher's chance. We have a lot of good shooters. You know, we see a couple go down. The game pressure is going to go on to you. And that's exactly what happened. And then you gave Absolutely. us a chance. You get the switch on the Zeller. And shout out to, Lou, to Tyler Zeller at the end of that sequence, by the way. He, 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 if, if we did a game ball poll for Duke players, I think he actually might have won it for us. I think he two points. Oh, yeah. Between the, uh, uh, between uh, the goaltend and then switching off on Austin. I mean, like I said, shout, shouts to Tyler Zeller for helping us out on that one. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you on the podcast, but that's my number one. <laughs> Uh, did, did you have any honorable mentions out there? Like, I had a couple that I thought about putting on there. What, what were some of your honorable mentions? The uh, the Dunleavy, because, again, I, I kind of ca- tried to keep it in camera in a little bit, but um, yeah. the, the Dunleavy dunk on Jason Capel. Was, I was at uh, that game. Now, were you really? No. Oh, see, I was going to ask you if you've been to a Carolina Duke game, because I'm totally jealous, because I know you have. I didn't realize there was that one. Well, yeah, so, no, I've been to, I've been to a couple, and couple, um, actually, <laughs> and, and actually the first, I want to say the first game I ever went to college basketball was a Duke-Carolina game when I was, like, 11 years oh, old. Oh, what? That's your first game? What are you kidding me? And, and so, like, you know, look, we're going to talk on the offseason about why each of us are Duke fans, but I'm, I'm giving you a little little tidbits here. Uh, your boy's been, been more than blessed uh, to be able mm-hmm. to get this, to some of these games through uh, some some family connections there, but um, you know it, it's kind of hard. And I grew up in Maryland during the you know heart of the Duke versus Maryland yeah, um, yeah. you know quote unquote rivalry. And uh, I stayed true. I was never wavering. I loved the fact that it was me against the world, and and I had I I had the best to to, to cheer for. And you know I I got to see my boy Trajan Landon light it up uh, against Carolina. That was one of the uh, things that will always get in my memory. Uh, you know, Cameron was. I, I remember I, I was sweating buckets during that <laughs> during that game because Cameron gets. So there is nothing in the world like a Duke Carolina game at Duke. There's nothing I'm, I'm in the sure. world like it. It's just it's just unbelievable. And I'm, uh, sure. I'm hoping to get the I'm hoping to get the call for Wednesday night. I'm, I'm being if, if you honest. do, um, I will. I will. I'll be happy and I won't be happy at the same time. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. All right, let's, let's move on to our third pillar. I love this podcast. The top five games in Cameron, from our viewpoint, Man. in this series, what do you got for your number five? So I'm going to go back a little bit on this one. I'm oh, going to go man, back to the... I, I think we're going to have the same one for number five. See, now you're going to be able to steal it. I like it. All right, let's see, let's see. I'm going back to 93 for Hurley Senior Night. Well, sorry, not Hurley Senior Night, but it was his last game against Carolina at, at Cameron. He, okay. he put up a, a 20 and 7 night, 20 points, 7 assists. Was just such a, uh, an immaculate leader that game. I mean, he was always a leader. Like, that was the thing about Hurley. Like, everything was, he, he was such a leader for that team. But that was one of those games where, yeah, it, it, was, just, it was a dogfight. 
Duke and Carolina had had some some crazy games a couple of years prior to that back and forth. And and that was one where that Duke team with he and Grant Hill, they were breaking in some new guys, not quite as talented as the teams coming off the back to back years. And, and people were kind of down on Duke. He just he he put Duke on his back that game, man, and just they rode him. And he was he was so awesome. He was so awesome that night, man. Just between his poise and oh, he was so great. That was, that's that was where I learned learned what a point guard looked like early on in watching watching basketball as a kid, man. It was great. Yeah, I, I went way back, uh, even further back than that. I went February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. Um, I was still a uh, limmer uh, in my dad and <laughs> my parents' eyes at that point. Um, yeah. I wasn't even around for this, but February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, first win, and and that was his first season of, you know, really, you know, it it, didn't, it wasn't great, and yep. him able him being able to beat uh, Dean Smith and you know really kind of give him a little bit of confidence uh, yep. to, in in the decision to hire him. That that to me is always going to be up there, even though I wasn't around for it. Knowing the history of of Kay oh, yeah. and where he came from, I I, I, I love the story of uh of him handing the roses out to the crazies prior to the game. That yeah. that's that's such a that's such a cool in, story, in man. Yep, absolutely. That's such a cool story. Um, all right, what do you got for number four? All right, number four. Let's go because I, I I these were these were in no particular order when I wrote them down. But number four, I'm gonna put the 2011 comeback with Nolan Smith as my number four game. Wow. Okay. So that was my number two game. That was so your number two. Oh uh, my god. Yeah, it was my number two. I just, I, I, I did this all based on how emotional I was oh, yeah. watching oh, the yeah. game, um, which is ironic that I had a game I wasn't even around for it uh, as my number five. <laughs> uh, but my my number four is one I've already alluded to. That's how much to. of a fan you are, man. That's, That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Um. <laughs> It <laughs> would have been nice if I was born nine months uh, to the day right. after that. But anyway, um, not my number four was on uh, J.J. Reddick's uh, junior year. I already touched mm. on it in my mm-hmm. top moments. Uh, like, that was another game that we had no business winning that game. It was one of my favorite teams uh, in the last 20 years. I, I love J.J. Reddick, and I love uh, Daniel Ewing. I, I just, yeah. You know, they, they, they overachieved uh, because they Absolutely. really weren't. They, they they weren't nearly as good as Carolina, and obviously Carolina went on to win it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought, Ugh. yeah, it was you know puke city, but <laughs> that game to me was you know I just enjoyed watching JJ right up. He didn't have his best shooting night, but we just did whatever it took to to win that game, and that's oh, yeah. why it's always going to be a top five for me. Do you hate it as much as I do that pretty much? In in the past thirty odd years or so, it, I mean, since since we since Duke has been winning titles since ninety one, ninety two, that the back to back, do you hate as much as I do that every time we win one, Carolina follows it up with a trip to the national title game? Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's it's one of the most it's it's one of those incredible things of this rivalry. It's yeah. Every time that we do something, they do something, and really yeah. vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. in ninety one, ninety two, then they win in ninety three. We go right back in ninety four. Mm-hmm. Um, 2001, you know, we win it, you know, they're starting to, they, they just got Roy Williams two years later. Um, they win it in 05 after we went to the final four and got screwed yep. in 2004. Um, you know, in 09, they yep. win it. We come back in 2010 and win it in 2015. We win it yep. in 2016. They go and then win it in 2017. 
mm-hmm. it's just an unbelievable we're, we're favored to win it this year it, it's just it's an unbelievable rivalry because the excellence of both programs is unparalleled oh, yeah. uh, in any other rivalry that includes the the Red Sox and Yankees and includes Michigan Ohio State it's Alabama, Auburn, all, all those are great rivalries, but they they pale into comparison to everything that Duke Carolina has. Oh yeah, what just, do you got uh, Just going into like last year or last few years, actually, the 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 points between the two teams were they were tied in points scored in the rivalry. Yeah. Like that's like all those things, man. It's just, it's uh, it's so good. It's so good. All right, it's so good. I, I we can talk about this for hours. <laughs> right. number, number three. Number three. All right, number number three for me was was the Wojo Senior Night game. We talked about that when you went into it. We don't have to go into it anymore. It was, that that game for me was just that was so cool to watch. Yeah, just just kind of getting getting into getting my feet wet in basketball really, and and watching those guys just go out there and just like you said, between the brand injury that year and and just you know not fulfilling. What was supposed to be our destiny as the number one team, and Rashad McLeod, man, just how he played, like, yeah. and just his focus, like that. The we talk about R.J. Barrett and his kind of the, the laser focus stare, that thousand yard stare he gets when you know he's going into his zone. Rashad McLeod was one of the first guys <laughs> I ever noticed doing that. You know, what I mean, that and that was yeah. he, you saw it in that Carolina game, man. It was it was it was so crucial. It was, it was, he was so good, man. He was so good. I loved having him at Duke. Yeah, me too. And uh, you, you stole my one and two already. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself. Uh, but yeah, no, the Rashad, the Rashad McLeod uh, stare down. And in his second half, uh, mm-hmm. leading that comeback for us was, was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Brand uh, was just coming back. He had a great second half as well. Um, you know, watching Wojo slap the floor. Uh, and Cameron probably to this day still hasn't been louder than it was during the second half of that game, during that yeah. comeback. You know, that's kind of how my, my top three in, in this list are. They're all epic comebacks mm-hmm. in Cameron. And so my number three was the 2015 comeback in, okay. in overtime. Okay. Uh, you know, you talked about the big job play, mm-hmm. the the amount of plays that Tyus made at, at the end of regulation. That was kind of you his know. coming out party, sort of. I mean, he, really? he had yeah, some big I mean, shots and things prior to that. He had some big threes, but the way he attacked the basket, man, that was just, ah. Uh. And then, you know, after the game, you know, he's getting mm-hmm. interviewed, and Quinn Cook comes over, slaps him on the chest, fast backcourt. Yep. You know, and he just really, ah, uh, just goops, goops <laughs> uh, from that entire it, season. Man. God, it's fucking awesome. All right, what do you got for number two? So number two, you took it. You took the 15 game for me. That was that was my thing, man, and, and that – that that best backcourt thing was on a, on my honorable mention as well for the moment. So it was like just just that was so cool because you know they they had been talking on you know the ESPN thing. Every it's always ESPN, but they had been talking about who the best backcourt in America was, and they were going over to the Midwest and and picking some teams out over there that had some guys that weren't as good as Tyus and Quinn and 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 Justice. And that, that was just ah, that was great, man. But yeah, yeah. that's that's what I had. I had my number two was that 15 game. So I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna defer to you on this one. Yeah, no, my number two is uh, something we've already taken. Uh, it was the, the 2011 comeback. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Steph Curry. That was kind of mm-hmm. his coming out party, really. That was, man. You know, that was. Know, the, the second half that he put on, I want to say he scored, what, eight or ten straight points oh, yeah. uh, in yeah. that second half. And, and then the, the, the play of the game was that Nolan Smith, you know, and one. doing The up the, and under and one, the reverse. And, and just looking at the camera crazy, backpedaling, yeah. um, you know. Like the Cameron just was electrifying, you know. Looking at Kyrie Irving in street clothes on the bench, she's going nuts. <laughs> yeah, like that to me. Like Cameron was absolutely rocking for that one. 
And oh, we, yeah. we played such a flat first half there. A lot yep. of these times, you know, you're so jacked up for this game that, you know, you kind of lose your wind mm-hmm. in the first half and you, you kind of regroup. And it, it almost makes it look like, you're, you know, oh, why aren't they trying? That yep. That's not really it. They're, they're, right. they, they're just too jacked up. It's a nine you o'clock game. You just can't get game. right, yeah. You yeah. know, it's a nine o'clock game and you're out there and nothing that you see on TV is going to make it any easier. Yep. Because every- all week long is Duke is Carolina. Like mm-hmm. they've been building this thing up for the last week and a half. So um yeah. So anyway, so that, that was my number uh, my number two. You already know my number one that you stole yep. my Wojo senior night. What's your number one? So my number one I I I mentioned it earlier in the moments. It was the O four senior night Duhan game. That that was you talk with the Wojo game you talked about you talked about cutting onions on that one. That one was because they got this, they got an iconic shot of of Kay as Nolan, as not Nolan, sorry, as Duhan, and walked through the line yeah. shaking hands, and he got to Kay, gave him a hug, and those two were crying together, and you know, and then you, then later on when Duhan gives a senior speech and he he talks about how Kay was basically the dad he never had and all all those things, man, it was just the, the emotions on that one, and then the you know one of the more underrated things about that here's where you know TV production was kind of at its finest with college basketball back then, Mike Patrick gave this beautiful it's still on youtube you can find it if you search timeless duke unc it it'll come up it was the cold place on clocks is playing in the background and and mike patrick gives this just gorgeous you know basically recap of the duke unc rivalry and they have some awesome awesome videos attached to it man and it's just it's it's set the stage for such an i'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it oh my god it, it it was just the, just the feeling I got watching that man. I was just I was in my basement with my dad watching it. That was kind of the first time he watched a Duke game with me because he's you know just he wouldn't sit down to watch a game a whole lot. That wasn't his thing. But he sat down and watched the game with me, and and I mean we were both just jacked up. He became a Duke fan that night, by the way. That was that was so cool, man. I mean, I I didn't know that this entire segment was sponsored by you know Kleenex. I'm gonna need some tissues after this. I've already have it on my notes here to go look up the timeless Duke UNC. We're gonna have to give like um some sort of warning. Like if you're if you're driving in your car before the segment, <laughs> or pull over to the side because yeah, yeah. waterworks is gonna happen. Uh we don't want anybody getting in an accident. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh so those are our top five games in this library. Now let's talk about in our next pillar the best lineup versus the best lineup. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, I want to do it in a different way. I would like to go, give me your starting five for UNC first, and then we'll go on starting five for Duke. Give me your yeah. starting five. So point guard Phil Ford, the guy was amazing. And you know, most, a, lot of Carolina, a lot of Carolina people regard him as, as maybe the greatest of all time there. Outside of Jordan, he and Jordan are kind of neck and neck. Jordan obviously took off in the pros, but Phil Ford there at number one, at the at the one, at the two, MJ's got to be at the two. I mean that that's that's a no brainer. At the three, because because then here's where you get kind of kind of iffy with Carolina because they have so many great kind of that kind of wing post type player like the like the Rashid Wallace type guys and Antoine Jameson type guys, but. I, Man, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to leave. I, I would hate to leave somebody out from, from like the, you know, the early times of Carolina. But it's Carolina, so I really don't care. But it's I, I, at the three. I guess I would go with I go events at the three. I would go events at the three. Oh, and then and then go Antoine and 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 Rashid. I, I think that's wow. how I think that would be the the best option there. 
Wow. Maybe the Black yeah, so, Falcon finds his way on that team somewhere. All right, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> all right, that's enough for you. Um, I, you know, I, I find this quite ironic because, you know, I look at my lineups, you know, Duke versus UNC, and, you know, we talked about, you know, what kind of game would you rather have? You said mm-hmm. you would have preferred to have an 82 to 82 to 50 game. I said, you know, those <laughs> those classic all timers were, you know, games that I still remember and and watch to this day. Ironically, I went with uh, the 82 to 50 lineup. So we're going to start okay. it out with the point guard. We have Wes Miller. Uh, at the, yes, at the two guard, I like the way you do the this. Guard, this great. Uh, we have we have Max Owens. Uh, at the, at the yeah. three, we, at the three, we have your boy Chris Lang. Gotta be my boy. He's the, the ugliest player in ACC history. <laughs> and at the four, we have Matt Tarjai. Uh, a, a Cameron favorite. Second ugliest player and, in the history of the ACC behind Chris Lane. And this is to, to round out the ugliest team of all time. We have Zerge Swicker. Uh, yes. Oh, God. Zerge Swicker. And if we can't can win. We add, uh, can we add Marcus Ginyard in there as the sixth man? Uh, absolutely. If you want to throw him <laughs> on as a sixth man, you know, you knock yourself out. Or Luke May, that's fine, too. Uh, I want to make sure that we you – know, the, the, <laughs> the Maybrow. Um, so we have uh, – that's the 82 awesome. to 50 line. I love it. Uh, who's, your, who's, your all, who's your all-time best lineup for Duke? Good God. Um, let's, go, let's go for position for position. Let's go uh, position okay. for position. Let's go point guard. Oh, um, oh. This, is, this, this conversation gets heated with Duke fans. I go, oh, sure, no. personally, I go Jason Williams. I yeah, do. I love, Bobby. I love Bobby. I love Bobby. I'm not going to argue Jason with Williams. you. I, I, have, I have Jason Williams as well. So I'm okay. not going to argue with you. Um, you know, it, it obviously came down to Bobby Hurley versus Jason Williams. Mm-hmm. People, you know, historically and uh, nostalgia, like, you know, he's the all-time assist leader in SEA history. He's an unbelievable player. I just think Jason Williams was just a little bit better. And Jason Williams was the best finisher around the rim that I've ever seen. And that Outside of Kyrie, I'd agree with you. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, those are the two, the, the two yeah. guys. So, oh, and yeah. I, and to be honest with you, I even thought a, a hair about Kyrie Irving <laughs> for the yeah, yeah. He, you know, he didn't even play against right. uh, Carolina, so I, I couldn't. Yeah, it's not uh, fair at that point. Think. Yeah. So yeah and, got to... and the thing about Jason, too, is three years. That's the other part of it. He only played three. Yeah. So uh, imagine, like, not only what, what his stats would have looked like, but who knows, you know, what, what that team would have looked like if they could have brought in even, like, J.J. and a couple of the other recruits they had. They probably wouldn't got everybody that they got in that class, but – JJ and a couple of the other guys, good lord, that team would have that team would have went undefeated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh my god. So, yeah. So, at at the two, I'm I'm putting Johnny Dawkins at the two. Johnny oh, Dawkins okay. was it was was just a, he was so amazing and he's he's the one who got the whole thing started for K and just watching some old game clips and things of him, man, it's it's hard to to understand how good of a player he was, but he was so good. He was he was he was so smooth, man. Like you talk about the smooth, like Daniel Ewing was smooth. Like Johnny Dawkins was, he was the epitome of smooth, man. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I went JJ Redick. Uh, okay. He was my favorite player, still is my favorite player of all time at Duke. You know, I, I look at him um, playing with a guy like Jason Williams. Just he'd be able to fill it up and open up the, the driving lanes for Jason Williams. Uh, those two, I would have, just like you said earlier, I would have loved to see those two play together. Mm-hmm. How awesome would that have been as a Duke fan? So, Absolutely. Uh, who's my number two? At the number three, I have to imagine we're at the same spot here, but who, who do you got for three? Can I can I put Zion at three? Can oh I do that? Goodness. Can I oh put Zion God. at the three? 
Oh my god. <laughs> can I do it? You can't. Can I put yeah, can you, I podcast, man? <laughs> can I do that? Or can, does it have to be Grant? Like it should be Grant. But I just like sign is so good, man. I don't know. It should be Grant. It's Grant. Let's go, Grant. Wow. I'll do the I'll wow. do the I'll do the prudent thing. Let's go, Grant. Wow. After yeah, the season. Ask me after the season. I had Zion Williamson. Um, I'm just thinking. You, had, you did have Zion. So, you know, ah. I, I, so I, no, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have Grand Hill. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, <laughs> I, I would like to have a different answer uh, on Thursday's podcast uh, after the game. Let's just put it that way. But, okay. you know, obviously Grand Hill is Grand oh, Hill. Yeah. You don't have to say a whole lot about him. But this is going to be a fun conversation for the podcast here's the thing the about grant like he was so good and he was surrounded by so many good players and 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 his senior season he took over and and kind of led that team to, to the promised land to a, t- a team that really probably as a team as a whole probably shouldn't have made it to the national title game that season but he he willed them to to that victory in and to get to that point but like his and and it's not about stats it's not even about stats and that's not my point here it's just his his contribution was more than stats, but it's hard to like his stats did not match what he did in college. If that makes sense. Like his stats didn't match it. He was never like he could fill it up. He could get rebounds, steals, assists, a few points here and there. He wasn't a great shooter overall, but you know, it's, it's just, he was just so good. And you had to account for everything he did on the court because he did everything on the court and he was just had a motor that never stopped. And, but, but his stats, like, like at the end of it all, like you take a season by season, Zion and RJ are going to have, you know, they're going to have better stats than Grant, but Grant is going to be remembered far greater than those guys are at Duke. Like, it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of that obviously has to do with the times that we're in one and two, Mm -hmm. you know, Grant, you know, just unfortunately went through so many injuries in the NBA and he was looked at, you know, really as the next Jordan when he He was, he He was, he chose the wrong shoe company. That's kind of that's kind of what happened. Well, yeah, uh, shoes, shoes, and Duke. We're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, who do you got at the four? At the four spot, there's nobody else but Shane Battier for me. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah there's I, I nobody agree. else. Yeah, there's nobody else. He's right. Uh, and at five, there's nobody else but Christian Leitner. Yeah. So we have pretty much the same exact lineup here. I mean, it makes sense um, though, right? It, like it makes sense. It doesn't make for great podcasting, but you know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta do what's right for for you know for business here. So if we um, had you know, to go, let's go. If you had to go off script a little bit, like, yeah. like who who else would you who else would you debate in some of those spots? Like, would you debate somebody else in the center spot with Leitner? Is he kind of just he's in that spot? Because that's I mean that's that's what the hard part well, is. Like he's in that spot. I feel like. Yeah. So to me, you know, you can the, the, the beauty about Leitner is that you can kind of move him around. So Leitner mm-hmm. necessarily wouldn't be the guy getting replaced. But True. if I put in a guy like Sheldon Williams or or Jaleel, you know, sure. at the five, and then move mm-hmm. Christian to the four. You know, does that move Shane out, or does you know how how does that work? Maybe and that moves him to the three instead of Grant because he right. played the three and, for a while you know, too. Another guy, you know, another guy that I I always think about, and I really think he's an underrated player for us is Jabari Parker. Oh yeah. Um, I he got screwed out of the ACC Player of the Year. Uh, I oh, know yeah. that the, I know that defensively that wasn't his strong suit, still mm-hmm. isn't. But he was a phenomenal player at Duke. A Absolutely. phenomenal player, I think, and he he enjoyed playing. Uh, that 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 one of the, one of the underrated games, by the way, is his only oh, game yeah. at Cameron against uh, Carolina. Yep. He went nuts. He went he, he went, went insane. 
God, what did he man, have? Did he have thirty that night? He he, he had a decent amount. I don't I don't want to speak off the record uh, yeah, of what yeah. he had, but like I know I, I remember him going off. Uh, yeah, and it, it was a joy to watch. I can tell you that much. Absolutely. And then you know I have to I'll have to you know we have to mention it for the for the old old guys and 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 but you look at his his stats over his career and it's insane what Art Heyman did like. How how do you leave his career off of that list? You know what I mean. Like obviously a, a different player in a different time, but the dude averaged a double double all three seasons at Duke. Like, and it was not like a little bit of a double double. It was like twenty five and eleven, twenty five and twelve, yeah. twenty four and ten. Like, and the, the guy was went nuts. And then an un, unfortunate injury derailed probably Duke's chance at a, at their first national title. Quite honestly, like his his career was insane. He was so good. He was so good. He was so dominant. Like we talk about how dominant Zion was. He was kind of like the Zion of 1963 with just how dominant he was. Wow, that's a hell of a comparison. Um, yeah, you, can also <laughs> add, you can also add guys like, you know, Gene Banks, uh, yep. Danny Ferry. should have his jersey retired. It's criminal that his jersey's not retired. Completely agree. I mean, you can also bring off Elton Brand. Like, Elton mm-hmm. Brand destroyed North Carolina. In, oh, yeah. You know, you know, the games that he played. So, yep. you know, he, he destroyed North Carolina. An- another guy there. whose legacy was kind of not tarnished, but just not didn't have the same legacy as those other guys because he left after two and he left after two at a time when you don't leave early like unfortunately for him like his, his legacy should be much greater than what it what it, it's viewed as yeah and, and another unsung hero for me is just a guy um that i i, I only feel is very underrated and he wouldn't he wouldn't make any of these lists but i love daniel ewing number five I man mean, and he was my guy um playing him and right up was one of my favorite backcourts mm-hmm. you know they weren't the one best backcourt in the country but they played so hard uh and complemented each other so well I both st- being shooters you know, still maintain that if ishmael muhammad did not flagrant foul him and, and his pinky broke because it got caught in the net because muhammad just had made a dirty play on a breakaway layup in the acc championship game if that did not happen the UConn game wouldn't have even been close because Ewing was at he was on uh, he was on a torrid pace to end that season. He was getting shots that you hadn't seen him take yet, and he was bringing that to the tournament, man. And then he had that broken pinky on his shooting hand because of that flat that foul, and that that to me was that was what did it. I, quite honestly, that because that took away a piece that we needed against UConn. Yeah, uh, that that 2004 loss to UConn is one that stings. Obviously, mm-hmm. 99 one stings, but. All right, so we we have our lineups. Uh, we got our old time lineups. I'm not going to end this in on a negative. Um, all right, so let's get to it. Final pillar of the podcast: the predictions, the game. How is this going? How is this game going to shape up? It's going to be fast paced. Both teams score a lot. Both teams like to get up and down. That's that's a staple of Roy. That's a staple of of K when he can get it. And this team, both of them can get it, and they can get it in transition. So you're going to have the battle of two teams in transition. You have Carolina who, in terms of their, their adjusted defense, actually they kind of rate higher than what it looks like they do. But they're, I mean, you can see it. Like they, they are just not – somehow teams don't score against them. Maybe it's the ugly blue that they have to look at when they play them. But, I mean, look at NC State. I mean, after 20, scoring 24 points, they're going to score 96 against Carolina. That's a, that's a sign to me. Like their defense is not as good as people say it is. So I think Duke is going to be able to find – their offense within the flow of the game. I, I We talked about getting jacked up. I mean, this Duke team, these freshmen love Duke as if they've been there for, for six years, as if they've been there longer than Matt Christensen. And I think they're going to come out with that intensity and that fire. I just, I hope it's not, like you talked about, I hope it's not too intense 
where we do have to make another comeback or something because I, I want this team to to kind of put the pedal down early and keep it down. But I, I, I see opportunities for this Duke team to be able to do so, but we can't let Kobe White go nuts because then what that does is it opens up things and lanes and, and shots for Cam Johnson and for, for Luke May that, that they don't need to get and don't deserve to get, especially with the way we play help. So they're going to be looking to make those passes off those guys. So it, our, our help defense, you know, we, we got to play it well and we got to play it right. So let's let's hope that I I don't hope I I know that that we're going to to do what we need to do to wrap this win up and and I'm looking at I'm looking at like a 95 95 90 game I I, I think it'll be close they always are I I don't foresee a, an 82 50 at the SA 90 95 90 there's gonna be a lot of score in this game yeah that's the that, that's what you would expect it to, to happen here uh the, the, Duke and UNC are the two top scoring teams in the ACC. Uh, UNC is coming in at 86.5 mm-hmm. points per game, and Duke is coming in at 86.4 points per game. Mm-hmm. To me, it comes down to Kobe White versus Trey Jones. Yep. Kobe's having a phenomenal season, uh, one in which is going to allow him to go one and done, despite uh, Roy Williams. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I predicted uh, about three or four podcasts ago that Nassim Little's uh, first start in his collegiate career will come against Duke. Mm-hmm. So let's see if that holds true. You know, he's the Zion killer. You know, that's what we've yeah, uh, that's heard. What they for, say. That's what we've heard for nearly, you know, <laughs> in, you know, ten months that's, now. So that's what they say. That's you know, let's just you know, I I, I remember reading something uh, prior to the NC State game that you know one of their players was saying that they're not really not impressed with Zion, and then he goes out and drops thirty-two in limited mm-hmm. minutes. You so, got to think that that was you, there had to be some some fuel there a little bit, you know. Yeah, you know, he could have dropped forty if he if he needed to. Mm-hmm. I think that this is his only game against UNC at Duke. Uh, he's heard for the last ten months that you know Nassim a little locked him up when he fouled him in the one time that they played against each other. Uh, that one possession that they played against each other in the Battle <laughs> of All American game that somehow he's a guy on pillar. He followed him and broke his broke his uh, uh, finger. So I don't know how that makes you. A, so I'll a, tell a, you. I'll tell you where else that comes from. There is they played an AU game against each other, and Nasir Little he held Zion to a to a, a mediocre twenty five points and eight rebounds that game. So wow. somehow you know, is, that you know in the, the trip it, it, equated to him him being the Zion killer. Yeah, well, it reminds me of when Ruben Patterson came out and said that he was the uh, self-proclaimed Kobe stopper, and then like Kobe, dro- Kobe dropped like sixty-two on him. So it, I hope that yeah, yeah. I hope that Zion's been hearing this. I hope that this has been building for him. Uh, this is going to be well. This is going to be an all-time game. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a game that you know we're going to be on the edge of our seats for the entire night. And I, I, I just I know that Cameron is going to be electrifying for this. If we play the way we're capable of playing, if we play within ourselves, if we play to not force things that aren't there, because the mo- don't let the moment be bigger than what it is. Yep. You know, be be who you are. Be the team that is the number one team in the country. That's twenty three and two, eleven and one. Get yourself the next win. Give me Duke in this one. Eighty nine. Eighty four. I think it's going to be right. a close game. Uh, I think it's going to be a hair 
longer than, than you have predicted. But mm-hmm. I got Duke. I will hopefully be watching this game with you, but I really hope that I'm actually in the building. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But we need this win. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Let's go, go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Let's go Duke.